everyone. Welcome to another beautiful Spunktacular episode of Spunk Lake Sports. Austin Schindler here with Isaac Demison. Isaac, uh, you had a couple rough couple days here. How are you doing? <laughs> uh, yeah, thankfully we're doing this episode. Uh, we're recording this on a Thursday and not on Monday because uh, I would have uh, literally not been able to spew two sentences together without... Um, <laughs> like being uh confused for a chronic smoker um could not <laughs> could not put uh, anything out without sounding totally hoarse so uh feeling a lot better yeah <laughs> feeling a lot of, better so did you get like like just consistently sick over these lads or it was just the voice it was just the voice nothing else like my my body's been fine just Good. could not speak could hardly speak without uh it hurting myself so good good well <laughs> we're good we're if good there's one thing i know it's that uh nikola jokic might be the best player i've ever seen in nba history yeah man like what is going on Dude, what's going on over there i have never seen the game look so easy in my entire life he is like he's he's a basketball god like you can't really and you really can't compare the guy to literally anyone that I've ever seen. I've never seen it. The closest thing I can think of is maybe Kevin Garnett because he was just, he was the do it all sure. player. Like he, he, I mean, before, uh, actually, he leads the wolves and blocks points, assists, rebounds. So I think yeah, during his too. MVP season, he led all five categories in that which is ridiculous, but it's crazy how, like, you know, specifically for game one against the Lakers, Nikola Jokic could put up a stat line that makes you forget that someone on the losing team had 40 and 10. Dude. Like, how does that happen? Look, for for this series specifically, <laughs> Anthony Davis put on an absolute master class. I was, I was waiting for the, you know, some sort of, like, he's pretty inconsistent. He'll have one, like, 40 20 10 game or whatever it may be and then you'll put up a sticker but i think this is going to be an absolute battle of a series this i mean between like the matchups reeves lebron ad like you got your star power i mean obviously austin reeves is uh, in that uh in that conversation as we all know <laughs> <laughs> hey man you hit a half court shot in a closeout game that, that's all I, that counts right i hate to admit it but uh yeah, that was that was pretty electric. That that made me so angry though. I did not. I don't want to see the Lakers. And I used to be the biggest LeBron hater of all time. LeBron might be my least hated player on the on this entire Lakers roster. <laughs> I it's always I will say it's always nice though when uh when D'Lo kind of craps on Minnesota and then he puts up just an absolute disaster class. And that's what happens. He keeps on doing it. Thing he just There's, keeps on doing it. My my like one of my little niches that I have is going into the Reddit of a team that like we traded one of our guys to to like check it out, and especially considering like what D'Lo said, like oh like basically said like I'm a peacock. You gotta let me fly to quote the the other guys. He's he's been like that. Uh oh. Speaking of that, Jared Vanderbilt just uh, got an early dunk. Now I'm sad again. But where I was going to with this. I love just peeking into the Lakers subreddit just mid Delo's disaster class and just love the reaction. They will they want him benched and gone. He put up a minus 25. I think yeah, the first time 
Yeah, first uh-huh. time Laker fans. Yeah, first yeah. Yeah, well what's that one one meme? First yeah, first time? Yeah, first time. <laughs> Wolves fans be like first time. Oh, as I say that Austin Reeves hits a 3. But yeah, dude, that what looking at just knowing what we gave the Lakers and they were so excited and Dilo was like kind of going off right when he got there. The Lakers had like the best record in the NBA since the trade, that kind of thing. It's so funny watching them going for like D'Lo ice in his veins to get this guy off the court. I'm pretty sure the next closest plus minus was minus five. So that's a 20 point difference. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. But uh, yeah, that's what's going on in the NBA world. Uh, Suns eliminated. I just can't believe that. They really did not. They didn't put up a fight. It was like with. It was like it was honestly like almost mirroring the Golden State Lakers series. Golden State, uber talented, been there before. Suns, KD, been there before. They went to an NBA Finals, but there was just something going wrong there, and you just could tell that they weren't going to win the series. They just weren't playing like they weren't really playing together. Steph Curry was just chucking shots like it's his job, just desperate for anything to go in. And well. There's just also just like no rim defense the Suns had, just none whatsoever against Jokic. Yeah. So, and that doesn't help either. It's gonna no. you, yeah. I I had a buddy that was like, oh, Anthony Davis is just gonna eat like eat Jokic's food after that last series, and I'm like, my brother in Christ. And yeah, to to preface it, eat Jokic's food as in only allowing like. 25 8 and 7 basically. Nope, that 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 almost happened in the first quarter last game. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's be real. Let's just be real for a second. Hashtag yeah. be real. Yeah, there's uh yeah, it should be a good series. I mean, I'm pretty much I'm looking forward to uh Boston, Miami, even though Jimmy Butler, Jim Butt, as I like to call him. Wow, I it's it's so hard to that man to- may literally win. In Eastern Conference playoffs, like he may go to the finals by himself. D'Lo just missed a free throw. <laughs> Classic. But I, yeah, I want just I un, just ridiculous scenes out of Miami, though. Like, what's going on? I can't. Why is this happening? Why and why is this happening right now? <laughs> Jimmy Butt. I don't know. He's he's going off, man. I got it. tip. The, I'll tip the cap, but I still don't like you. <laughs> that's that's what's seriously. Happening. What's going on here? <laughs> No, but Ugh. other other big news around. Uh, your Minnesota Vikings have had their schedule release. And I was just kind of looking through the games, Isaac. I mean, obviously, you know, week one, Bucks win. Week two, in Philly. That's a revenge game. That's got to be a win. And then just Chargers at home win. Panthers win. They've beaten them before, yeah. Yeah. You know, I was just looking through this whole thing. I, I don't see a loss here. I'm pretty sure we're gonna finish 17 and 0 if I yeah. I mean like the Chiefs at home, you got home you got home field. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we can squeak um, that know, the, one out. The Bears are still the Bears. Okay. <laughs> Monday night against the Niners, close. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to keep this facade up, you know, just keep <laughs> listing them off one by one. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm seeing here like the bank yeah, I think the Bengals, you know, week fifteen, that might be a at the Bengals, you know, that might be, you know, one of those games where it's, it gets close, but I think the Vikings can squeak one out there too. 
<laughs> just, I mean, I, just keep going. <laughs> I mean, obviously Detroit got a little better, but uh, they're not on our level uh, offensively. Actually, pretty close. Now that I think about it, <laughs> were they the highest scoring team in the league last year? They're uh, pretty close. Yeah, at least they I knew were, they were, at they least were top five. They're pretty easily the uh, hottest team uh, in the league down the stretch last year uh, offensively. So, and they kept their offensive coordinator, which is very important. Um, so, yeah. I mean, maybe drop in the Homer hats at least for a second, but I don't know. <laughs> this, uh, I think this Viking schedule is very reminiscent of, uh, I want to say it's reminiscent of like 2020 almost in a way. You know, just because you're facing off against veteran quarterbacks, you know, early in the year in situations where you're going to need those games in order to, you know, make a move in the standings. Like you're playing against Justin Herbers trying to emerge as that next great quarterback. You're playing against Patrick Mahomes early in the year. Now, luckily, both those games are at home, but then. You still have to go up against the defending NFC champs again on the road in prime time. And oh. uh, well, that's a Thursday, right? Yeah. It's pri- a Thursday night video. game. It's a, I mean, hey, it's, it's not an Amazon it's not like game. It's, it's not like a Sunday night. It's not like a, you know, 3.30 game. It's a Thursday. It's a Thursday primetime game. I think Kirko can squeeze one out on Thursday, maybe potentially. Who knows? But it's just going to be a rabid environment there in Philly, which has not boded well for this team in the one, past. Yeah, I just want to one win one game in Philly. Just and it can, regular season playoffs doesn't matter. I just want to be like God. I just I just want to feel. I just want to have that feeling of like yeah, we finally freaking beat Philadelphia. Ever since the ever since thirty eight was a thirty eight seven is. They've just had our number every single well, they, they It hasn't the even been close did, either. The Vikings did beat Philly in 2018 there, um, but no one remembers it because the Vikings were bad that year. Yeah, that's right. It was the Linval Joseph uh, gas mask uh, thing. Yep. Linval Joseph had that long <laughs> touchdown. Shut up, Linval. He had to put on. He had to put out the. He had to put on the oxygen afterward, and uh, yeah, I I remember that, but. Other than that, no one really remembers anything of the 2018 Vikings. I will say, Linval Joseph, future random Minnesota athlete of the week. <laughs> oh, easily. Absolutely. He's, easily, he's easily. Making an appearance for sure. Uh, but, on, in, yeah, just kind of in, kind of wrap it around and take the Homer hat off. That was a joke, what we were saying. But in all honesty, what do you think? What are you thinking? What's what's the floor? What's the ceiling for this team? Just purely based off of right, their opponents getting the NFC uh, AFC West is uh, not ideal uh, for a crossover game between conferences, and then you also get the Bengals as your seventeenth game as your fifth AFC game. That doesn't help. Um, so. I do think that it is uh, somewhat favorable for their in-conference crossover game. They get uh, the NFC South, which all those teams, you have no idea how good they're going to be. Baker Mayfield. You know, the Falcons with Desmond Ritter, uh, the Buccaneers probably being one of the worst teams in the league, potentially. Uh, The Panthers just got Bryce Young. They're going to have him. They're going to face him in the first month of the year while he's still getting acclimated to the league. Uh, so 
I do like their chances there. And I think that having the Lions games late is either going to be the team's best friend or it's going to be their worst enemy. Because if you remember last year, obviously the Lions being so good at the end of the year, no one wanted to face them. And if it ends up being the same type of thing this year, those two games in three weeks against the Lions in week 16 and 18 could be for the division. And then you have the Packers sandwiched in between there on New Year's Eve at home. At least the bad man is gone. Like That is true. That is true. But still, you got three division games all in a row that will decide the season, guaranteed. I'm thinking... So I'm so I didn't answer your question about ceiling. I yeah. just think I think they're gonna be in contention for the division. I just think there's gonna be a lot more competition from the Lions at minimum, maybe Chicago, only if Justin Fields uh knows learns how to throw a football. Because he yeah. still has not beaten a, an NFC North opponent in his career. So if Justin Fields can do that once, then maybe you take Chicago a little more seriously, but uh, I'm kind of thinking that at the moment uh, they can, the Vikings can absolutely win 11 games. They're not going to win 13 like they did last year. Um, I think that's probably a pretty decent ask in my opinion. I'm I'm thinking like, because what we won 13 games last year with a horrendous defense to be on the safe side. Let's just say that we probably should have lost three of those, three of those close games. That puts us at 11 wins. I would, so I would say ceiling 12, floor nine. I just, with the offense we have, Isaac, I just don't see us going like below 500. I, no, I, I don't either. And, you know, just like asking around, asking friends, like talking to people about the Vikings too. You got to assume the, the the defense is going to get a little better. Brian is... you get a philosophy change with Brian Flores coming in. Um, and uh, you got to think that would help improve it a little bit. Right. Abs- absolutely. You'd expect yeah. that. Like so you if you're getting like... more aggressive and you're not going to be, you know, going to Donatello cover two all day. Oh, um God. Nightmares. Like, or, you know, stay back. You know, everybody's get back. You know, don't be so. Everybody get be afraid of the deep ball. Like, <laughs> I think I think that's gonna make some opportunities where games that you lose before, you know, um, by a lot, probably either you don't lose or you lose by a little. So I don't know. It, it's just gonna be interesting to see what ends up happening with the. Uh, this schedule. And I like that they got San Francisco in the middle of their season. They were going to have to play San Francisco this year because they won their division as well last year. I like that they got them at home and in a standalone game and not necessarily at like the beginning or end of the season. Right. So. They that's that should be an interesting matchup because I mean when you think about it like Brock Purdy is going to be coming back from surgery. It kind of seemed like it was a little more serious than like initially thought. Trey, Lance they basically, been... I think they said that Brock Purdy is getting like Tommy John surgery because of the way that's that he such hurt a tough himself. Break. So, like, that's a long time to come back from something like that. You know, especially he if you're didn't talking have about like the strongest player. arm in the universe. You know, 
So at least they that's how I remember they them describing it when it happened in January. Um, so who knows if it'll be Brock Purdy healthy by October 23rd or if it will be Trey Lance, Minnesota native, making his return to his home state. Um, or Sam Darnold. You know, <laughs> or yeah, right. Heaven forbid Sam Darnold. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, but this I mean, I'm saying yeah, I'm gonna put the floor at nine wins. I like I said, I'm pretty sure Brian Flores is going to improve this defense. We know the Vikings defense historically has been aggressive, historically, all throughout history. They've always been aggressive, good or bad. We'll give up the big play just to get that sack. We've been, we've been successful at that for as long as we have. As many Hall of Fam- You can count the Hall of Famers with more than two hands, I think, potentially. Hall of Famers, all pros and the like, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So, I don't know. I think the... I think, I mean, breaking news here, I think our biggest competition this year is going to be the Detroit Lions, as everyone, like, figures. Now, is that where you – or, like, where do you power rank the the teams in the division? I'm I'm probably going Vikings. They've, they've done it. They proved it. Lions, Packers. Oh, God. Bear, I think Bears and Packers are going to be fighting. I still think the Bears spot. are the worst team in the division. But they Even though they made so that trade for DJ too. Moore, I think I'm giving more credit to the Packers right now yeah. just because they still have enough like veterans on that team. It's mostly because of their veterans. You know, they still have enough talent that they can win some games probably by themselves. It's just you don't really know what you're kind of getting in some respects on, you know, the quarterback position or even like how much these receivers are going to develop. So, I still think the Packers are probably an etch above the Bears at would, this moment. That's where I'd probably put it right now. I think throughout the I think throughout the season the Bears are going to progress faster than the Packers do. I think that's where my head is at right now. They're going to cuz they added they added a bunch of pieces in the offseason and especially on the defensive end. Chase Claypool, DJ Moore, like you said, those are – I'm not a big Chase Claypool guy. Never thought too much about him, but DJ Moore is nice. And I think the that's – The Bears overpaid for Chase Claypool. Yeah, they, they gave did. up a high second-round pick for Chase Claypool. Oh, Well, at least uh, we didn't do that. At least uh, uh, Hawkinson was a little more productive in his time than Chase Claypool was. And by little, I mean – uh, a, a lot like detrimental to the offense like Hawkinson has an opportunity to become the best tight end in the NFL you know and the Vikings essentially gave up a second round pick for him or at the very least the end Travis Kelsey is an absolute monster <laughs> yeah Travis Kelsey I mean he's 34 his career may be wrapping up soon so who knows that's but, true yeah. oh my god I didn't think about that I've been around sure. for a real long time. Yeah. Damn. But that's uh yeah, I'm I'm thinking just to put a stamp on it. Give me 10 and 7. I think 10 and 7 is pretty attainable. That's very season. reasonable. I would say I'm ceiling, with you. ceiling is probably 13 wins, just considering we added an offensive weapon that could be more, could be just as productive as Adam Thielen. Young can move them around just a little bit more, a little more electric on that uh, on that side of the field. 
Defensively, I mean, like you, like we mentioned, Brian Flores should not make this any worse than it already is. So if you put those two together, I'd say the ceiling is 13 wins again. I I tend to agree. And I feel like uh I feel like there's gonna be some games where you're gonna find the Vikings actually being able to blow out an opponent that you wouldn't expect to have them blow out. You know, like they're gonna win a game by 17, like an actual real team does. Like for all the close games that we have had to endure the last oh, three seasons. Have you like, recovered this from that is not yet? normal team behavior? Yeah, like good teams don't find themselves constantly stuck in these one-score games or on the losing end of blowouts. Like yep. this doesn't happen. How about like maybe instead of losing by one score or winning by one score, how about like winning games by 10 points? Let's start there. 10 points. Just yeah, let's let's put a benchmark here. 10 points. Let's not get too crazy. And to quote uh the the great Klon, former co-host, can you guys be normal for 5 seconds? Seriously. <laughs> Please be Seriously. normal. <laughs> for for just one, two, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Potentially three games. Can you be normal for those three games? Can you can you get a lead and can you hold it? Just do that. Give up a touchdown, sure. In the second half, don't don't let them get back into the game. We don't need that. I did. look. It was it was all fun and games last year. Mister Kirko chains put on the chains. This year should be absolute. Let's get down to business. This is, I mean, how many years, I mean, this could potentially be Kirk's last year. What do we do after this? Right. So you got to really hunk, you got to hunker down, man. You got to really play for something here. And I, th- I'm, I mean, I'd imagine we're building, we're trying to build that sort of identity, build that sort of team. I'm just kind of still looking at the schedule here. I do, lo- I do still find it interesting how like the Vikings and Packers have the same amount of like, primetime games yet you know the vikings obviously won the division last year the packers didn't make the playoffs um i i, I just wanted to point that out just because just i really did find that very interesting um and that Bengals game like very well the viking when the vikings play the Bengals, that very well could be a primetime game depending on the stakes involved um for both teams so i'd just throw that out there oh we got a barn burner week 11 prime time sunday night broncos russell the battle of the corn balls her cousins russell wilson (laughs) who makes you try not to cringe challenge (laughs) the try not to cringe challenge in week 11 sunday night (laughs) absolutely everyone's gonna be watching I hope, uh, isn't it, let me see, that's in Denver. Oh, God, I just want to see some yep. Russell Wilson shenanigans. Have, have <laughs> him bring a danger witch on the, out on the field. I want to see it. <laughs> Shades versus the danger witch. <laughs> you love to see it. That's awesome. But uh, I, I don't know. It just, I mean, 
it doesn't look like too bad of a schedule. I mean, like like we mentioned, you got the Chargers, Chiefs, Niners. Bengals. The thing is, it's a schedule that you got to get out to a good start. Yeah, like, it's it's one you have to get out to a good start on. That, that's and that's really important for this season too, because you mentioned the two games against the Lions could really determine who wins the division at in the end. All be all of things, you got to get a head start on that. And if you don't, well, you got a high-powered offensive Lions team who's getting better on defense, too. And they're hungry. Dan Campbell, kneecaps, bite. They're, they're, yeah, they, they have uh, tasted lots of flesh lately. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> they're like going it. to remain hungry for quite some time. That's uh yeah we'll see I well, yeah we'll definitely see what happens I mean I'm excited for the season I'm it's a very you know usually when you go into the a new season NFC North you're like Vikings like you just Vikings Packers battling Bears Lions are gonna be frisky that's usually what you go into every single season now we have no idea what the Packers are doing like how they're gonna do they could be they could finish ten and seven or three and fourteen who knows. That's that. That's honestly, true. Same with the same with the Bears and the Lions. Probably in that same like seven win to like thirteen to eh, seven to twelve win range. I'd give them. They just got to make a, a little more noise, a little more noise. But I mean, them beating the Packers last year with nothing to play for, that definitely tells me something coming into this season. Why? Because screw them. That's why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's basically the attitude they had when they played at Lambeau there. That should be interesting. I mean, in what alternate universe are the Vi- the Minnesota Vikings and Detroit Lions battling for a, for a division spot? It's literally <laughs> not happened, I don't think, since the 90s. I was going to say, it, it had to have been the 90s because that's the only time that the Lions were competitive and then the Vikings, obviously, you know, they're, they 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 hung around in the late 90s, they blew up. But when did Barry Sanders retire? 97. 97. Okay, right before. 97 or 98, I think. Gotcha. No, it was 98. It was the year after. 97, he ran for 2,000 yards. And then the and then the year after he retired. Yep, that makes sense. All right, well that's your Vikings schedule rundown and kind of NFC North rundown. Um, before we head to our first break, I just want to talk about Victor Wembanyama, Spurs number one pick. That's a lot of people are upset. They're like, oh, another Spurs generational player. Um, I like it. Why are we complaining about this though? You like look. We all are really hyped about Wemby. So why not put him in the best situation you could ever imagine? Give him the greatest coach in NBA history who has a great track record with not only international players, but Frenchies. <laughs> yes. Even wore Tony Parker's jersey back in the day. <laughs> Tony Parker, Boris like Diaz. One of the best French-born NBA players of all time, Tony Parker. I'd say like, probably the best, right? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, I, that's so, such a treat to watch. And and if anything, if you're mad about, you know, the Spurs or whatever, just be glad it's not the Hornets. Twitter would be insufferable. And I'm not even a, and I'm not even a LaMelo Ball hater by any means. 
No, let's. But just imagine how how insufferable Twitter was when Lamelo Ball was like having that borderline All Star season, and then you add Wemby to that, it would just be the most sickening. I'd I'd have to mute Lamelo Ball on Twitter, just like I muted LeBron and Ja. <laughs> Best decision Unreal. of my life, by the way. Mute, muting LeBron, muting the word LeBron. Best decision ever because I don't okay. have, I don't have the stands and I don't have the people saying he's the worst player. LeBron's the worst player of all time. Like he's st- he sucks. He stinks. Okay. So I don't need to see this nasty toxicity on my timeline right now. Just let me enjoy him. Watch. Just let me enjoy him playing basketball. And that's what's happening right now. That's why he's my least hated Laker. <laughs> I think the thing with Wemby like not being on the Hornets too that I just thought of like you know. Since Michael Jordan became like you know the majority owner of the now Hornets, like he's been trying to find that next Michael Jordan. Imagine if that had happened, and Michael Jordan also finds Wemby. Not only is the you know toxicity like going to be off the charts, but now you're going to have the immediate like goat comparisons, like you know, oh, with yeah, MJ see- still owning the Hornets, like. MJ, yeah, there'll, there'll be pictures snapped of like M- MJ whispering in Wemby's ear, and then it's just yeah, floods, just all the cryptic stuff. The like, internet. oh, what does this mean? What does this mean? Yeah, just it's not that deep, bro. <laughs> He's probably giving so. him gambling tips, if anything. <laughs> Don't do what I did. <laughs> Don't do what I did. The, the, yep. the dad that says, I'm proud of you, son. Just don't do what I did when I was your age. <laughs> but this, yeah. Uh, I think the yeah the Blazers ended up getting third. I mean that would have been correct. And the Blazers might try to move it. I could see that they need it. I mean, if Dame they want to actually on build a- around Dame, it might not be a terrible idea. But I don't know what you're getting for it though. Yeah, I get at this. Well, yeah, if you're the Blazers, you either and you keep the pick, you're getting Scoot or uh, uh, Miller from Alabama, right? Or I guess whatever they want, but. Yeah, they missed it. Damon Wemby would be such a weird, like, timeline to fit. I don't even know how that would – I mean, it would be amazing. It would be great to watch. Be incredible, Dame, right. Dame time, versus, Dame time plus Wemby equals fun basketball. Also, yeah, the two teams I really didn't want them going to, Hornets and the Rockets. I did not want – I think I, I – maybe the video was doctored. I don't know, but they had, like, a split screen – of uh, Wemby and then like the draft, and when uh, T- Mark Tatum, I believe his name is Mark Tatum. Yep. Yeah, he announced uh, Rockets the fourth pick. It, it on Wemby's uh, box, he went just gave like a yes, a nice little fit, like grasping the fist, and was like, "All right, that's huge. <laughs> that's huge for the brand." And I was like, "Thank God, he knows. He knows." He knows well, he would have been able to play with Jalen Green just chucking shots the way he does. And also, like, how about, like, the Pistons also just continuing to stay oh, losing? My. They had the fifth pick. We're, yeah, going, oh, I the just love spying pick. on other Reddits. Pistons Reddits, like, I watched all 82 games, saw 17 wins to get the fifth pick in the draft. Just and that is awful. Pain. Awful. <laughs> God, 
awful I, scenes that's, there. That, hey, that's definitely something I would – Cade plus Wemby, that would be special. Cade Cunningham and Wemby would actually be very fun. That would have been that would have been like that, yeah, young team. That's, but, hey, at least at this point, the Spurs, like Wemby's the guy now. There's no dispute. He doesn't have to share the ball. He's got, what, Trey Jones as his point guard? Jeremy Stoltman, Devin Vassell, like good complimentary pieces, all young and everything, so they can all grow together. But, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll wrap it up. Very exciting, though. Big for the league that uh, San Antonio gets Wemby. Huge. It's huge. All right, we'll wrap it up here, take our first break. We'll come back. We'll talk some Wolves, Nas Reed, a little bit of Twins, and random Minnesota athlete. And welcome back. Second half of Spunk Lake Sports. I is Austin Schindler here with Isaac Dinison. Good first, good kind of first round here, Isaac. But uh, now we're uh, getting into the trenches, talking wolves here. Um, there is a lot of question marks, man. There's a, I'm going to have to read up and kind of fill everyone in, all five of our listeners, uh, when, next week. But there's a new CBA coming out. From my kind of understanding, it's going to be really tough to hold three max contracts without and being able to gain depth. I believe there, there's like a certain number threshold that if you go over, so if we sign Anthony Edwards to a max, once that kicks in, we will be over that threshold. I don't quote me. I'm pretty sure we don't get like an MLE offer, mid-level, mid-level exception offer to anyone. Hmm. That's how we got Kyle Anderson last year. That's trouble. Hmm. That's trouble. Especially if this, I don't know, especially if this is like going the way it is. (laughs) I mean, not being able to afford like Kyle Anderson costing like 10 million or just under $10 million, you know, he's costing them just under 10 million against next year's cap. I think with the amount of like flexibility he offers, like the amount, like you don't have to make $10 million to be a starter in the league, you know? And so for Anderson to be, you know, as flexible as he was throughout the year. Um, yeah. That's uh, going to be unfortunate if a team like this can't be able to afford a guy like that, that can, you know, fill in when needed, still pay him good enough. And also still when not necessarily needed in the starting lineup, he can be a, valuable asset off the bench right i mean that just puts us in a spot where we might have to start making decisions coming up here in the next couple weeks or not not next couple weeks next couple years um i mean we we already have to sign Jaden. we're gonna have to resign Jaden, and i mean just kind of looking through the roster austin rivers probably gone jalen noel probably gone Torian Prince is on the books for about $7 million, if I remember correctly. Correct. He might be a trade piece of sorts. I I just, uh, I don't know. There, there might be a little more turnover to this Wolves roster than I actually think is going to happen. I mean, we're in such a weird spot where we're kind of like stuck with all these contracts. A lot of our players are under contract right now. But two years right. down the road, we're, there are some huge question marks. I don't know. It, you got 11 people right now under contract for the Wolves next year. And, uh, I mean, you still have to write. Yep. Hmm? 
Is McLaughlin up after this year or next year? He is on the roster next year. I think I'm just looking at the roster next year. I'm not sure when he's off. I think if I remember correctly, he might have a team option on him either either this offseason or next offseason. But either way, like, you know, I'm not really too beat up if uh, J-Mac had a good couple runs here. But, uh, yeah, I think we can uh, certainly upgrade from that. I so there okay. So to answer your question though from earlier, there are only four Timberwolves under contract after the 23-24 season. That would make those sense. are Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, Wendell Moore, and Josh Minot. <laughs> you can, you can over under on all four of them being on the roster after next year. Over under two and a half. We need Josh Minot. Low-key, we need Josh Minot next year. I agree. And I think he's got it. I think he's I think he's nice. I think he could really provide something defensive and offensively. He doesn't have a bad three-point shot. I'm actually, I mean, no breaking news here, but a lot of Wolves fans really wanted to see more minutes from him. And I couldn't like couldn't agree more. You know, especially in those, especially when we had like Ant kind of hobbling, you know, Cat was still out at the time. Like, let's get some run for the young guys. Ja, I mean, Wendell Moore had that special game, I think, against Ja, just shutting him down defensively. So there's at least something there. We've seen something from Wendell Moore. We've seen something from Josh Minot. Obviously, Josh Minot's going to have the much, much higher ceiling. Younger player, jumps out of the absolute gym, yams and shoots three-pointers. Pretty energetic. He, he, I think he could be like a much more efficient, like Jared Vanderbilt. Just gotta take him to an NBA 2K style untapped potential camp. Yep, yep. Send him to untapped. <laughs> Tim Connolly, if you're listening to this exact podcast right now, go send Josh Minot to a couple untapped potential. Send him, send him this year. Send him next year and the year after that, and we will have a plus. He will be at least a 93 overall in in four or five years. <laughs> Absolutely, please do that. Please do exactly that. But one one thing I just like kind of, I'm losing sleep overnight at this point. I really don't want Nas Nas Reed to go, man. I really just I I would be devastated. He was such a nice. He was the only center that was consistent last year. <laughs> this is very reminiscent of like when Tyus Jones, like his contract was up. I remember, like, I remember not wanting him to leave whatsoever just because, like, he was so versatile and actually, like, competent as a backup point guard. But then he goes to Memphis and gets much more money because, of course, the Wolves couldn't pay him. Um, And I fear that this is going to be one of those similar type of situations, like a very much beloved player within the organization gives good minutes at a position of high need, you know, of high importance, but they just can't afford them. And that's what I fear might happen. I'll, uh, I'll say right now, like if we can somehow get them for like that 10 to $12 million range. And I think, I think that uh, wrist injury honestly might've helped a little, just a little bit. 
just a little bit. It's entirely possible. Obviously, I didn't want to see that in the first place. I wanted to see Nas in the, the gosh darn playoffs and just rip it up. That's what I really wanted to see. But if I have to give, if it, you know, things happen in the NBA, you know, if you have to give up a broken wrist, it is what it is. And if it knocks a million or two off the contract, I, yeah, I want my guys to get paid. But, uh, I also want my team to win. I, want, to... I also want my guys on my team. <laughs> yeah, I also really want my guys on my team and not forking out $100 million to just centers. Because, <laughs> I mean, either way, if we re-sign Nas, it, we're probably going to end up with over $100 million worth of centers. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. Uh-huh. So, with that kind of being said and kind of like you know, prefacing with that new CBA um kind of isn't in, in titles let's say theoretically things kind of go like this year next year do you pull the plug and trade both cat and rudy i trade one of them not both at least one okay i'll say at least one just depending on how like the situation goes yeah just but, it, but but you have to but you have to still note that like Carl Anthony Towns is gonna be um under like at least a fifty million dollar cap number after this upcoming season. So and like Gobert's only you know gonna still be in like the forties, which is still insane for a player like him. But yeah, like Cat's gonna go Cat's number's gonna go up. So, like, if it comes to the point where you have to trade Towns, what are you getting? What are you that, getting in return? That's And that's like, going to be the big question. I'm not trading him for Robert Covington, Dario Saric, and, like, a second-round pick like we did for Jimmy. <laughs> we can't do that. That was a – thanks, Tibbs. Shout-out, Tibbs, oh. for that one. That's horrible. Imagine taking <laughs> so, the four first-round picks. If you can get three – at least three oh. first-round picks, a couple – Real talented, like not real talented, but like up and coming young guys, maybe like someone OKC can spare of of sorts, you know, or uh, probably wouldn't fit in with Ch- actually. Cat and Chet, hmm. Cat back. I can to the see five. it. Chet back to the four. I can see it. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll keep that one out there. I was thinking like uh, and then I was thinking about the Blazers three firsts, Shaden Sharp. And then Afrony Simmons, not horrible. See, if, let's just say, like, let's just say we have the season we had again this this upcoming year without the cat injuries. So we see eighty two games of this, and it hasn't really changed. Me personally, I love Cat. I love him unconditionally. Has but done so much for this organization. It organization franchise he's stuck through the worst he's been here at at the best which wasn't much but it's about it that would be so next year this is this is his eighth year this would be his eighth year in the league so next year would be the ninth if he doesn't get any better i mean what are we paying 60 million dollars for you know i'm a bigger wolves fan than i am carl anthony towns right just it my voice kind of cracked saying that because it hurts so much. I want it to work so freaking bad. But if it comes down to it, recoup. If his defensive ceiling, if we've already seen that, 
Yes, we. Then so, that's where, like, I'm. You know, okay. Ceiling. We need more out of that position for less. So, Nas Reed. <laughs> that's what thinks about it. Yeah, Nas Reed. Hello, and 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 Nas Reed's chemistry has been off the charts. So, if it really comes down to it, get all the picks back. Trade Cat. Trade Rudy. Let's start fresh with Anthony Edwards and Jaden freaking McDaniels running the absolute show. Because in all hindsight, Wolves fans know that Jaden is on the path of being a potential all-star and a potential max player. But we're going to end up signing him for not the max uh, this, this summer. And that is so huge beyond belief for future cap casualties, space, all the above. To have, you know, your Scotty Pippen that's getting grossly underpaid, basically. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> have your, yeah, have your Scotty Pippen grossly underpaid, but doing just as much as the Michael Jordan is. That's a very, not obviously very unideal for Jane McDaniels himself. I feel for him. That sucks. <laughs> but for a Wolves fan, that couldn't be a more beautiful mm-hmm. scenario. And if you do, Drake Cat and Rudy and Nas keeps improving, then you have a, a, a 10 to $15 million starting center that's unbelievable with the probably greatest handles I've ever seen in a big man. I literally have, I literally cannot think of a big man who does those crossover spin moves so fast other than Nas Rita. I maybe, I'm not going to throw names out there because then we're really comparing like <laughs> apples and oranges here, but that that would be a very ideal scenario if this doesn't work out, and we have the pick next year. So if it's a disaster, we got our Correct. pick. Got a got a decently high pick. If we don't make the playoffs, got a lottery pick and pull the plug on those two. You got a new young guy coming in, and then all of a sudden you got Ant Jaden. If Josh Minot continues to improve the way I think he can, that's going to be huge. Nas Reed. Now you just need a point guard because Mike Conley's four hundred sixty-seven years old. I, yeah, Mike Conley is not going to be the uh, point guard of the future. Yeah. Um, I, I was no. I was 11 years old when Mike Conley is in the league. I am now 25, turning 26. Oh, yep, that just hurts to say. Actually, I shouldn't have said that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> but besides, yeah, I don't know, man. I it's going to be a weird. Welcome to Minnesota Timberwolves, man. There is no non-weird season. This is going to be, I'm just going to go out on a limb, which isn't a limb, more like a stick, and just say, yeah, this is going to be another weird one this year. I don't think you're making a wrong assumption at this stage. I don't think you're making a wrong assumption. If we don't bring Nasreed back, I am copping that clearance Nasreed jersey. Oh, so fast. That makes a lot of sense. So fast. Yeah. Because guess what? Five years from now, when you're pimping that Nas Reed jersey, people are going to walk up to you and be like, Nas effing Reed. We should have kept him. <laughs> meanwhile, yeah, he's like still – Meanwhile, he's still like, what, the starting center for like the Cavs or whoever wants him. Right. Like, we This could even be worse than Tyus Jones, honestly. I think I – think, Oh, it'll be so much worse than Tyus yeah, Jones. Okay. okay, I was saying, I was hoping I wasn't crazy there. Yeah, we got an interesting offseason, interesting next couple of years for this team. I hope it doesn't go horrendously. 
But uh, kind of switching over to our Minnesota Twinkies. Your first place, Minnesota Twins. First place, Minnesota Twins. How can I help you? <laughs> exactly. A whopping four games above 500 right now. Just cooking the division. And we were talking about this today, too, Isaac. If we were in the AL East right now, we'd be tied for last. <laughs> that is correct. Shout out for cheap owners and horrible divisions. <laughs> yep. Yours and my Minnesota Twins. <laughs> we Cannot nice... compete in the AL East if they were there. <laughs> Unreal. Hey, we, got to, we got to witness one of the better games of the season. So that's, that's true. Like, that was great. Nothing yeah, like we were at the uh, field having a baseball Saturday. day. Yeah, and they actually decided to hit the ball, and then they hit the ball some more on Mother's Day. So and then, uh, they, and then they lost eight to nine in in extra innings, and then they didn't hit the ball. Oh, they got they got jobbed by the umpires in Game One against the Dodgers. Alex Kirilov has an at bat with the bases loaded and one out, and the umpire rings them up on two pitches that were clearly balls. One was clearly outside. One was clearly inside. He never had a chance in the at-bat. Fouled the one in the middle off. So that's how he struck out on three pitches. Twins don't score more. They had only a one-run lead. End up losing 9-8. to eight. Just your, uh, your disgusting first place Minnesota scenes. Twins. Yeah, your first place Minnesota <laughs> Twins. Getting job by the officiating. <laughs> Getting job by the umpire. Yep. We love God. We love that. Uh, just... Experience the magic. <laughs> <laughs> do you see this? Uh, do you see us coming out of this slump? Because because I'm pretty sure last episode I was saying this pitching isn't going to last forever, guys. We got to get that hitting going. And albeit we give up nine runs, the Dodgers give up one run, but then give up another seven the very next game. It's going to happen. And I'm not ready for it. <laughs> well, we're we're already at the point where, like, uh, you know, Sonny Gray's not really going that deep. He uh, only went four innings in his last start. Um, just because his pitch count was already in the 80s, it took him out a little early. Um, you know, but, uh, yeah, Joe Ryan's at least doing his thing. This is, a, um, this is an official Joe Ryan podcast, by the way. Joe, if you're listening... I know you are <laughs> on sometime. He seems but, like yeah. a guy that would, I feel like he seems like a guy that would just hop on. Just be like, you know what? I'll take five minutes. Sure. I don't know. I mean, well, that's where you'd come in like, all right, well, you're out to this, uh, you know, hot start. What's propelling that? You know, he'd probably Actually, be a guy that could answer that, you know, and just kind of talk about that. I feel that. Actually, you know what I might do right now? We might bring out uh, bring out the OG Klon. I'm gonna give him a call right now. Just give him a quick. Just have him give us a quick rundown on the Twins. Let's see, let's see what he's got. Come on. Just calling him on Instagram, or do you hear it ringing? I don't. Hold on. Do you hear it? I don't. Come on, Klon. Come on, you gotta pull through here, buddy. I I know you're having a kid soon. Come on, son of a. 
Seven zero five. That's tough. Available. Hold on. Record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. Hey, bud. Uh, I'm gonna be calling you every week from now on. I'm not gonna tell you what for yet, but uh, yeah, you'll find out next week. All right, that didn't work out. <laughs> the hopes weren't high, anyways. We tried. <laughs> we tried. All right, that's your Minnesota Twins talk. No. <laughs> this has been an open, especially now that I own a $50 Joe Ryan jersey. Uh, I have no other choice but to hop on the bandwagon. Those are, <laughs> those are ridiculous prices. It's not terrible. It's not the worst it could be, but yeah, it's a lot. Who's paying 50 bucks for a, a t shirt, though? Like that should be 35, 40 max at the game. I agree. I agree. Oh, I don't know. Five 50 ounce truly's later. I miss it. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Well, at least there's one I thing mean, twins do, right? They serve giant beer in and truly cans. Just absolutely massive. Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. They, they at least are making you uh, earn what you're paying for. Yeah. Well, that's uh, you got anything else about the twins? I mean, I just think that uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the twins fare against the angels this weekend. Like, they're um, let me see if uh, the angels I, are going to be thrown out Otani this week. I feel like it'll be very reminiscent of the Dodgers series. Right now, the Angels, it doesn't, uh, not according to baseball reference, at least, they haven't announced their starters yet. Um, but, yeah, if they um, can, I don't know, get at least two wins out of this series and split this road trip, you know, out to L.A., I'll feel at least a little better right? about losing those two games against the Dodgers. Because, like, they could have, like, at least won two of them. They only won one. So I think if they can, I think if they can win this series against the angels this weekend, I think that'll be a good way to, you know, round out at least a road trip and they get the giants following that. So we'll have to, you know, it's still obviously early. We don't have to buy or sell any stock yet necessarily. It's just the trade twins the are playing are in a mediocre about? division. Trade everyone. <laughs> Twins are just playing in a mediocre division. They're going to look, you know, better than the others just by <laughs> virtue of existing. So I love it. And Joey wow. Gallo, uh, you know, hopefully he keeps on uh, hitting tanks that uh, break stat cast. That was amazing. We got to witness that live. That was an absolute yep. tank shot. Absolute moonshot. And they and no one knew how far it flew for almost a full 24 hours. The big, biggest mystery since K Casey Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> but I was gonna say, I think I can see this uh Angels uh series going quite like the Dodgers series, as in one really close game. And then two deciding games, one apiece. So you got to win that close game. You got to not let the umps uh, <laughs> control that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty easily right. You just can't let uh, what? Wh whoever was that home plate umpire, I forget. Might have been Phil Cuzzy even. If it was Phil Cuzzy, he's the same umpire that uh, 
messed up that Joe Maurer ground rule double um, in uh, oh. 2009. Pain. So Pain. If, it, if I forget if it was, and I apologize if it wasn't, but yeah, I remember that not being a, uh, very popular uh, back then and uh, saw him not being a very popular umpire in twin circles now because of that. That makes a lot of sense. He's on my shit list for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, Ryan uh, writing down his notebook, but that's a great, uh, great segue into random Minnesota athlete of the week. Speaking of 2009, I have a Minnesota twin from 2009. Random Minnesota athlete, Isaac, take one guess. From 2009, Orlando Cabrera. Okay, that's good. That's that's good. <laughs> Joe Creedy. Joe Creedy. Okay, that's even more niche. Okay. <laughs> I'll never forget when we signed up. Like, twins to the World Series, baby. Like, we got the – right We got the former White Sox third baseman. Former White Sox third baseman, all-star in 08. How could – what could oh, really? go wrong? I did not know he was an all-star the previous year. That's un- that's amazing. Yeah. All-star in 08, Silver Slugger in 06. So, yeah, I mean, he was nice. He was nice. I When we picked him up, I'm pretty sure I changed my Facebook profile picture to Joe Creedy for a brief second as a, as a 12-year-old does on their Facebook, putting, a, putting an athlete on there. But uh, I remember Joe Creedy had a walk-off hit either a walk-off hit or a walk-off home run. And then everybody started calling him Joe Cool. How many <laughs> because Joe he hit a walk-off in one game. We had at least three Joes on that team then. Nathan, Creedy, and Maurer. <laughs> By the way, that, that picture you sent to me of Joe and Morneau, oh my <laughs> God. That is the most beautiful, most 2006 thing I have ever seen in my life. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll put this... Uh, I'll pull it up so uh in case I clip this. If we clip it. this, like it like if we're not gonna clip it, like this is the best picture I've ever seen of Joe Bauer <laughs> and Justin Mordeaux when they were roommates. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. That like, is just the boys right there. Just yeah, Justin Morneau chilling in a Quebec Nordique shirt, Joe Maurer in a polo. Baggy, uh, you know, both baggy in baggy pants. jeans, probably both in their St. Paul apartment, <laughs> like <laughs> just chilling out. I don't know. I wonder who took that picture, but I wish it was maybe me. Joe's mom. Maybe Joe's mom probably took that picture. Who knows? <laughs> if I, it was probably Joe's, it was probably moving day, <laughs> and the parents <laughs> are helping him, helping Joe and Justin move in. Like I, I actually now that I look at it. Look at the picture again. There's a Wheaties box in the background. I want to know what that is. Is it a 1987 Twins Wheaties box or a 91 Twins Wheaties box? Definitely a Twin. It's got to be one or the other because it's definitely a Twins batter. You can see kind of like a a white jersey, blue helmet. That's got to be a a Kirby. It probably came out when they won the World Series one of those years. So that's interesting. Twins. Here, let me... Kirby Puckett box, Wheaties box. Let me. Oh, then it might be 91 if it's Puckett. I think the 87 one just had the whole team celebrating. Yeah. No. Oh, this says 96. So Puckett must have made it on 96. After he retired? All this says. Either way, that's vintage. 
Yeah, 87 had the whole team. Uh, 91 had two batters. Two, two batters? That looks like... Herbeck, maybe? Herbeck and... Herbeck and Puckett, it looks like. Huh. So, yeah, 96. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it was a... Yeah, it looks like it's a 96 box. Doesn't say anything about the, the box, though. Huh. Interesting. 96. That's That's got to be what it is. That's what the box looks like. Boys repping. That's boys. insane. Guys being. When the twins were terrible, someone made Kirby. Someone put Kirby Puckett on a Wheaties box. All right. Was that like right? When did he retire? He retired after the 95 season because he got hit in the head. He got glaucoma. Right. God, that's honestly one of the saddest things out there. That is genuinely one of the saddest things ever. That must have been like a, like a, hey, this is like a great guy box or whatever. This is a great baseball player. I guess that makes sense then if you think about it like that. Yeah. All right. Joe Creedy, by the way. So that's a heck of a train of thought that we went on there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> Mine, mine, uh, my uh, random athlete was a little bit um, was a guy that I haven't thought of in many, many years. I was just thinking of random Minnesota Wild players, and uh, I was surprised to find out that Pierre Marc Bouchard spent ten years with the Minnesota Wild. Really, I didn't even remember that he spent ten years with the Wild. Um, and uh, he spent 10 years, scored 106 goals, had some of the uh, – he had that filthy spinorama shootout move, um, if you remember. Um, sometime like the mid-2000s just totally busts out full-on spinorama without having the puck move backwards. Um, it was insane. And, uh, yeah, I just remembered, you know, always, uh, you know – having him be out there as just a guy that you could like somewhat depend upon um, when he was like in his prime with the wild. And it was like before uh, even he hit like 26, but you know, he's like getting 59, 60 points a year when the wild are in contention for, for the playoffs. It's 63 in his uh, in the wilds, uh, lone division title winning season. Never was a goal scorer. He never scored more than 20 goals in a year, but just always like a nice setup, man. He had 50 assists High in uh, 2007, 2008. So High IQ. Just, uh, yeah, was uh, finished, I guess, fifth place in the uh, uh, running for the uh, Lady Bing Trophy in 2007, which I think uh, goes for, I think, defensive forward. I forget what that is for, but uh, finished fifth place in voting for that in 07. So, yeah, I, I just remember him uh, just being around. Um, and, uh, yeah, he only spent one other year um, with uh, another team. He only spent uh, one year with the New York Islanders in 2013-14 before piecing out. So, spent 10 of his 11 seasons with the Wild in the league. And I, I did uh, forget to mention this about Joe Creedy too, but uh, yeah, the career stopped after Minnesota. After 09, you just never heard from the guy ever again. That makes just sense. Minutes, just hold on to the guy, just run the gas out of him, and then that's it for the career. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah, you never heard from him afterward. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. I don't think he even lasted till the end of the season. Joe Creedy did well. He only in 09. Played, he only played ninety games for us. Yeah, I'm really. He must have gotten hurt in the second half of the season in 08. That has to be it because he only played ninety seven games during the playoff push. Yeah, he only played ninety seven games for the White Sox that year. So he and if you got you know basic math, if you're if you're going to be an All Star, you got to go ham the first half of the season. So. I'm assuming he had some massive injury troubles after that. And it bled into the Twins, of course. We love that. Go Twins. <laughs> Naturally. All right. Well, that'll do it for another episode of Spunk Lake Sports. Isaac, any last words? You know what? Uh, just like letting Nikola Jokic just keep eating. Um, just keep letting uh, him eat. Just keep letting him cook. I tried to find a reason to hate him. I can't. No. He's just the big sloppy white guy that's just just destroying people at the YMCA. <laughs> you, you pull up to the Y and you're like, yeah, I can take this guy. And you're like, holy crap, this guy is, <laughs> we're not even touching this kind of level. <laughs> He's got like arms like me, but he just sauces people. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> awesome. Well, that'll do it. Once again, Spunk Lake Sports, Austin Schindler, Isaac Deanson. We'll catch you on the flip.